Welcome to Scare Zone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast, and we are excited to be joined by a friend of the show, someone we've had on a few times, someone we've got to know over the years, uh, Bart, and actually, I recorded an episode with him right where I think he's sitting right now, and that is at the in Universal Orlando at the radio uh, center there, which is amazing. I wish we could be there in person with you, but this is our buddy Charles Gray, Senior Show Director in Entertainment and Creative and Development. Obviously, we're here to talk about the Halloween offerings, we'll say it that way, at Universal Orlando. Charles, uh, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm always excited to talk about this content. I know. It's a lot of fun having you on. And look, we, we got to start with, obviously, the, the elephant in the room is things are a little different this year. We went last uh, just last week. We were last there week. We, Last Monday, we were there experiencing all that Universal has to offer, not just the houses, but we're going to talk about the houses. We got to. Uh but how has this been for you as a you know, creative director? I think we should just start there and say, what a year, man. I feel like this has got to be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been um, a lesson in flexibility. Um, and it's also been, here. here is the thing we joke about backstage with the show directors. We say our title a lot of times is show director, but we're really creative problem solvers. And that's our whole thing. So in one sense, it was like, here we go. We're ready. Throw throw whatever at us, and we'll we'll get it figured out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been wild. It's been just it's been crazy to see because obviously we had a lot of mix of emotions. There was the event was happening, the event wasn't happening, and then boom, we get a, a kind of a surprise that two of the houses opened. Obviously, that is uh, Universal Monsters: The Bride of Frankenstein Lives and Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, an original concept uh, from you guys. So let's start there, and then I want to work. I mean, look, we were in there. We saw people trick-or-treating. We saw a lot of things happening mm-hmm. here. My buddy Bart Scott, by the way, uh, who was with me as well. And uh, Bart, it was a great time. It was an awesome time, and that's what I keep trying to stress to people. Is it, it, is, it is a weird time, you know, and, yeah, wearing a mask in a theme park is not the optimal situation. Yeah, it's new. It just feels new. hot. But uh, we had a great day, and I keep stressing that to people. I'm like, and, and the biggest thing I keep saying to people is, if you're on the fence, like I've talked to so many people, it's like, it seems cool, but I don't like haunted houses. I'm scared. I'm like, this is the year to go. Yeah. Go dip your feet in and try it because it is different. Yeah. Uh, as as we've said before, and we're going to get into it, but with the different, the way the houses are set up, uh, I'm not going to say it's less scary, but it, it kind of makes you feel a little more maybe confident. Well, like when you're in the daytime. You're walking, especially you're yeah. in the daytime. I, there's just a different feel, whereas, yeah. you know, when a normal Halloween Horror Nights, all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what to expect around each corner. Well, Charles, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Bride, because that's something mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people want to hear about. Uh, I experienced this. One of my favorite houses of all time. I had an absolute blast in this house. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to our last episode if you want to hear, like, my full thoughts. Uh, really was an amazing experience. But what was it like taking, I mean, obviously taking iconic characters, always fun for you guys. Uh, but what was it like to bring this to life? The uh, the excitement from last year's Universal Monster House, you know, we, we were all in love in love with it and hoped the fans would attach to it. And they did. And they liked that house. So going into this next year, it was uh, it was very interesting just talking about each individual monster who could have their own story. And the reason why we landed on Bride, and there's a couple reasons, but one of them, if you notice, you go out to the merchandise, you'll see the Bride stuff's always sold out. You know, I mean, it's, it's selling yeah. out like crazy. And she only has seven minutes of screen time exactly. in her film. <laughs> yeah. But she's such an iconic character. And when you, you finish that film, uh, you know, this is 
an old movie, so I'm not um, revealing anything. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's, Spoil- okay. Spoiler- it's okay. You can spoil it. It's been like Spoiler eight years, alert. but sorry. No. Um, <laughs> you know, Frankenstein Monster says, we belong dead, and he mm-hmm. just destroys the whole castle along with her and the scientists. You know, they're, they're, they all are destroyed. We pick up from that moment uh, where the bride sees the only creature that ever gave her love uh, dead, you know, and she, her whole goal is to bring him back to life. And we see this transition of her discovering her own power, um, and discovering who she can be because she didn't have a voice before. And now she has a voice and she's screaming for her love, her lost love. So it's, it's slightly romantic. And then she, uh, becomes the doctor herself and does experiments and finds a way to bring, um, her love back to life. And it's a great adventure story. It's got some sentiment to it. Um, you know, Patrick and, and uh, Dylan came up with an amazing house and it is just a ride all the way through lots of action. And, uh, it, it, I just, I, I really, it's, it was, I wouldn't say a surprise, but it was one of those things where you go, wow, this is, this is more than what we intended initially it it grew into something bigger and it it was uh a lot of fun especially with costuming too there's some great costumes in there it's a fantastic story and i think you're right these these two houses and we've talked about this before these two houses have very clear narrative visions and i think that's very interesting Mm -hmm. not that they don't happen at all uh, halloween houses haunted houses halloween horror nights houses that you guys have built over the years uh but these specifically seem to and maybe it is because the fact that there have been some adjustments and changes uh, based on the way we experience these houses that we're a little bit more aware. And when there is only two houses, we are a little more aware of the story. And Bar, you brought that up. We were talking off air because seven minutes of screen time, what, what, the house is almost I longer mean, than it, that. It's insane. And honestly, if you watch the movie, it doesn't even feel like that much. Like I've often said, like, and I love The Bride of Frankenstein. I actually like it, the movie, better than Frankenstein. Okay, okay, that's enough. I, uh, I, I, I just find it more interesting, but... It really could have just been called Frankenstein 2 because the bride doesn't show up until the end, you know. But what I loved so much about this house, you know, I always say, and, you know, you say this about a, a resort like Universal in general, but with with Horror Nights, I'm always like, it's like you're in a movie. It's like you feel like you're in a, This one, you literally, you guys gave the bride the movie she deserves, you know. Like, she has a story. I mean, she has... She has a very big change of heart, clearly, from the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. where she's like, ah, you know, when she first sees the creature. Um, but it is like, I just want to, <laughs> I want to say I want to live in this house because it's just so, uh, I don't know. There's just such a feeling. It is such a great story. It really, it really is like stepping into a movie. Um, and we were, I say, fortunate enough that there was a moment where, you know, due to social distancing, we had to kind of wait for another group to move on and it was right at probably like the the epic scene of the house so we really got to just watch it unfold yeah. and and take in the details which you don't normally get to do at horror nights you're kind of moving we really got to stop and look around and yeah. see the brides over you know i don't know how much i can say i don't want to give anything away but yeah. just it's just incredible Tons of detail and a great like i said a great story now uh, Charles, that obviously is a, a question. I think a lot of people have. Bart, you brought it up. Mm-hmm. The changes. Obviously, there have been some changes to the way you experience these. Was that for you guys uh, creatively? I'm curious. Just what was that experience like? Because obviously now we know, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know, 
most of the actors or all the actors are behind some form of plexiglass or kind of a barrier, uh, which again, like you said, doesn't really take away from it. It kind of just alters your experience a little. But what was that like as a creative to have to come up with these workarounds? Because look, for us, I'm just thrilled there's something because we were all under the assumption that the event was just was done. Yeah, it, was, it, it really is almost twofold. One, because because it is safety first. So you have to, as a creator, take a step back and let those protocols and things be established first. Is the, is the guest safe? Is the performer safe? Once you get that established, it's also, do you feel safe? You know, because um, that's just as important. And once those things were established, we, we kind of got buy off on everything there. It was then that we come in and we go, now, how is this going to affect the creative? And I was skeptical, I'll admit that, with the plexi and things like that. I was really concerned about whether that would take people out of the story. And I was pleasantly surprised that as we went through, it's almost like... Um, I was comparing it to something like exit signs where they're everywhere you go in society, mm-hmm. but they, and you always know they're there. Um, but it just kind of goes away because you're used to it. And, and that that's what happens in the houses is that although, you know, they have a, a their PPE on their, their mask along with their character mask, along with the vinyl or plexi in front of them. And then you have your mask on. So there's a lot of layers of protection there, but mm-hmm. it's not distracting at all. In fact, there's one scene in bride. Um, I was commenting with Blake, one of the other show directors this morning, we were walking through the house and there's uh, one of the characters in a, in a sarcophagus and she has this full vinyl over the top and it's, it's almost adds to the scare because she looks like a prop. She looks yes. like a body we've placed there. And then she comes to life and it gets people every time, mm-hmm. which I love to see. <laughs> yeah, no, those are great because that honestly, I thought I know exactly what you're talking about. We got to do the houses a couple times. That moment I was like, oh, because it's very similar in some ways too when you would have, you know, a mannequin, a mannequin, a mannequin. Oh, we got you. And then there's somebody who's who's real. Adding that plexi to those other spots was very creative, very innovative, uh, because you're the anticipation. Because you, when you, you yeah. do start this party, goes okay. When I see plexi, there's probably going to be a person there. Uh, if well, you see, I'm, a lot I'm of times glad you, don't. you said that because but, but we got. actually added some plexi to holes that were there where we didn't have a character, so we wanted <laughs> to keep it consistent all the way through, so yep. that way you never knew, and so I you'll actually it. see moments of of covering or plastic and stuff that's just there to keep that that going so it doesn't telegraph as well all right should we uh turn to oh guys and I, I just want to say too is again with having to roll with the changes uh i don't i must i don't know that it was planned before all this happened but the way that the the necessity of having to wear a, a mask was incorporated into the story of the bride you know, with the plot of the house, you know, as you said, she becomes a scientist on her own of her own. Yeah, right. It's not distracting. Like, that it works like, you know, it just completely it's seamless. Uh, it's not distracting at all. I, it's just it's a credit to the creatives there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, should we pivot over to, to Tooth Fairy? I suppose so. I think we should talk about this and we got to wrap up with some of your other things that are happening at Universal, because I think those are important, especially people who are maybe they can you know, for the first time ever. You can just bring all ages really to the Halloween kind of event. Mm-hmm. You run off real quick, let you and your your partner switch off with the kids, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know you can go do these. Or you know what, we saw some very young kids in the houses, but you know you look at at Tooth Fairy, uh, it, it's an original house. It's a character we're all familiar with. Uh, my son, who is uh, seven years old, 
I said, you know, he's like, what are the houses? And he's not definitely not of age of doing these houses yet. He, he's not there. But he's interested. He wants to hear about them. And I said, well, there's their vengeance tooth fairy. And he kind of brought up the, oh, is it what happens if you don't give the, the tooth fairy their teeth? And I was like, yes. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And I thought that was pretty amazing because I could tell, like, that had crossed his mind. Like, that had crossed his mind. Like, what if I say no? And uh, to your credit uh, and your team, uh, we, we, we know what she does now, Charles. Um, and it's not great. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's it's a whole uh, it's a whole tribe almost a group of these yeah. uh, tooth fairies. And if you do not give up your tooth, you become one of these fairies. You are transformed, so you just become one of the pack there. And uh, it's interesting to see that character slowly transform. And you can hear it yeah. in the narrative too. Um, it's funny when you walk through the houses multiple times, people get their favorite lines of dialogue or narrative that they hear. And my favorite one is uh, you're walking here and Papa and granny. Oh my. Like yep. <laughs> I remember it. Family. <laughs> it just cracks me up. You are kind of famous Charles for doing some of the lines. Uh, do you have any cameos in these houses that we can look out for? Oh my goodness. Um, are we allowed to say? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, not. Well, okay. So uh, Patrick, who was the show director for the house. Yep did a, a practical joke on me and put a stained glass. Lord Westhorn is in the house in stained glass and it's me, but I didn't know they were doing it until <laughs> we did a technical walk and I walked through and I was like, what have you guys done? It's a picture of me in the stained glass. I was just like, Oh man, that right, is you gotta, cruel. we got to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, now I want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta find this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, now, in general, Charles, there have been a lot of changes. For you guys in development, though, uh, we have Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and we have, obviously, Bride, uh, two outstanding houses, two of them glad uh, we were able to actually see. Because I assume, and I don't know what you're allowed to say, that these are houses that you guys, just like every other Halloween Horror Nights, uh, have been working on for 13 months. Yeah, we've been working it's on It's that quality. Quite- I want to make people make sure that they know that it's, it's the quality that you get. Yeah. It's, this isn't something they threw together during the crisis. This is, you know, you guys have spent some time. Absolutely. And the, these, um, and sometimes it's longer development than that because we'll develop an idea and then shelve it for just a little bit and then bring it back like a, a, a next year or, you know, it's just not, uh, we, we try to make sure there's a, a different type of house for, you know, all the different tastes. And so sometimes if we get an IP maybe later in the run, you know, we already have something similar. We'll we'll shelf something and, and put something back in um, at a later time. But these these two houses again are narratively driven. It's such an awesome opportunity to have uh, this type of experience during the day. There's a lot of story to be told. It's very rich in that way and very layered. And on a normal HHN night, it'd still be amazing. But these this kind of pulsed uh, way to experience it is is something that people haven't encountered before. And that's why I want to, I'm encouraging all my friends to come check it out. It's such a Mm -hmm. unique experience. Yeah. And I, I can say and attest to this from the safety protocols that universal has put in from how serious you guys are taking it from pulsing the different people, as you said, uh, it is unlike anything you've experienced from a Halloween horror night. So if you are used to those size of crowds, that is definitely taken into consideration. And I said, somewhat it enhances the experience uh, but also, I can say this, and I think Bart, you can say it too. I never felt any sort of being unsafe the entire time. It never even crossed no. my mind because you guys, there, there are clear visual indications of all of the the serious nature that you guys took into making sure things were great and and things were safe. 
And that goes beyond the parks and I, or beyond the, uh, just those two houses. And I think we should talk about some of the other stuff you guys have going on because Universal has allowed a lot of really cool things that are happening for the Halloween season. Kids can dress up. Parents can. People are in costumes. There's trick-or-treat stations. Uh, Halloween uh, was not forgotten at Universal and is really uh, – the, the, we did the Scarecrow stock. It's all over, Charles. It's all over this park. Uh, so if you're looking for a place to really celebrate – because, look, a lot of places – we're not even sure where trick-or-treating, traditional trick-or-treating is going to happen. Uh, Universal has a lot of great offerings for everybody. Yeah, I have two uh, two kids of my own, and I was talking to my wife about what we were going to do with them this year. Not really sure. And I was like, well, we do have some Halloween where I work. Let's take them there. You know? so <laughs> they're very excited, too, and uh, they're not old enough to go into the houses yet, but they, there's still plenty of things for them to do. And I will say the Tribute Store – for those who maybe aren't as brave to go in a house, the tribute store itself just looks gorgeous and so rich with Halloween things that they, you know, the scenic and decor in there, uh, that that's almost like a little mini experience for them to go through and, and look at the merchandise, but also look at all the things we've put in there. And I will say I'm excited for the food offerings that are in the tribute store. I think that's <laughs> our first time doing that. There's like these gummy beating hearts, and I'm going to try yep. and dare my daughters to eat. To eat those and see if they'll do it. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. And I haven't thought about that because um, I'm coming down soon with my family and we, we experience all the stuff that Universal has uh, and Orlando has. And I haven't thought about taking them just through the tribute store because, look, they grew up in the house that I uh, I raised them in somewhat. So they're familiar with those icons in the icon room. They know who they are. They've seen their pictures and their posters on the wall. Uh, without having people jumping out at you, this is a good way to experience that. And like you said, it's just, it, it is beautiful. And in my wife, who is not a big uh, haunted house person, she loves going to Horror Nights, loves scare zones, loves the shows. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a, a big Beetlejuice fan. And if you're a big Beetlejuice fan, that last room mm -hmm. is uh, as close as you're going to get to walking through while also having to drop a lot of money because the stuff is just awesome. But let's not also, let's not glaze over probably the my favorite detail of the tribute store, and that is the fact that this year there are Moldorama machines. Oh, yeah. Whoever's idea that was deserves a raise because the fact that I could make a Frankenstein Moldorama made me so happy. I <laughs> loved that. What a great idea. I want more of those next year. Put them everywhere. <laughs> Working on that. be like the press that, that took me right back to my childhood. It's very cool. And there's really great stuff. We Again, we covered it really in detail, uh, Charles, but I'm we're just excited to talk to you, to hear that things are progressing, things are moving forward, and uh, it, it, we want to thank you, honestly, because uh, this is unexpected, and we appreciate all that you guys have done at Universal, and, and we know that it is an interesting time uh, for Orlando in general and for the parks, and uh, we appreciate you guys trying to uh, help the fans and, and create content that is going to drive people uh, to come out. And look, I've seen seen the, the people that are showing up. A lot of people are showing up for these. And it's a testament mm -hmm. to the quality that you guys have, have really shared the last 30 years for us. As someone who's been going for nearly 20 of those 30 years, uh, just having, I mean, I would say it's more than a taste, but having the, the opportunity to still walk through those houses in a year that's so bizarre and so strange, uh, it was oddly comforting. And I, I appreciate that. No, we, we appreciate you guys. And really, the, the HH at Union, you said you were going for almost 20 years. It is a large group, but it's still a very intimate group, this this very inclusive group of, of HHN fans, Halloween Horror Nights fans, that we are all 
really almost like a family and to be able to share and, and it's almost like a family reunion you know like that last minute family reunion and everybody comes back and and it's just having a good time during a difficult time and having you know the joy that we can share with each other it, on a personal note you know I've been complimenting a lot of the characters backstage too. There's just this vibe of kindness that we're sharing with each other and just joy that, that we get to participate in something that we thought was lost, that we've got a, another taste of almost like an appetizer for what's to come in the next few years. So thank you so much for, uh, for coming and enjoying that with us. We'll be back. And hopefully like I said, the next few years, we look forward to, all that you guys have to offer. Thank you, Charles, so much for joining us on Scarezote. Thank you. All right, Thanks, guys. Charles. Well, thank you to Charles. Thanks to everyone at Universal for always hooking this up. Thanks, Allie. Thanks to Allie, obviously, and, and everyone there who always has been great to us. And until next time, and as always, we'll see you at Finnegan's.